and the Holy Spirit is here and he has a purpose with you this morning and I want to encourage you that whenever you're sitting in 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 a service like this that you, your expectation should be really high because God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you can ever ask or think he will do even more than you think he's doing in the service right here and so we just want to we just want to bless you for, for, for making the effort to, to really invest in your life. Tell the person next to you, well done for investing in your life. This morning is an investment in your life. That's right. Okay, I just want to emphasize once again, we're fasting and we, we are the last part of our fast. For those of you who are still trusting the Lord, do not give up. God is already working in your heart is already working in your life you know for many of us we're seeing so many breakthroughs some of us we're seeing our spouses change before our very eyes praise god <laughs> and uh, our children and so forth <laughs> if you are married just look straight <laughs> And so I want to encourage you to continue fasting. And after the fast, I want to encourage you that you set up a discipline, at least on a weekly basis, if not on a monthly basis, that you'll take at least a day, you know, to fast and to, to say, my husband, my wife, can you, can you give me just some time? I want to go spend it with the Lord Jesus. And really begin to cultivate that lifestyle of a sanctuary in your life. Amen. And then worship night tonight. You, Many of you know that I come from a praise and worship background, you know. And I really believe that it's the atmosphere of heaven. Worship is the atmosphere of heaven. It is one of the easiest ways. Some of us, we are at home trying to cultivate heaven. Lord, heaven, Lord. And, and the easiest way to cultivate an atmosphere that is very similar to heaven is to put on worship and begin to adore the Lord. It is very similar. And then you begin to open doorways in the realm of... Okay, that's another teaching, but come to worship night. That's the point. <laughs> Amen. And then as Barbara said, that we are in this place temporarily. Tell the person next to you, don't make your bed here. <laughs> this is only a pit stop on the way upwards and forwards. Amen. So we're trusting God this year that he is going to multiply the fruits of our labors and that he's going to over, uh, oversupply our resources so that we are able to be not only self-sufficient but generous at every occasion. Amen? So he will multiply our resources. Put your hand on your heart. Say, God is going to multiply my resources this year. And I'm going to be shockingly generous. Amen. Some of you want to look at that friend of yours that you know, ah, this one. <laughs> okay, where is La Rochelle? La Rochelle, please stand. I've got a word for you. I see the Lord putting seeds on you, in your hand. Seeds, seeds in your hand. And uh, your expression in your heart is saying, Lord, is this enough? Lord, is this enough? And God is saying that what you have in your hand is enough for everything that I have promised you. And I will not begin something in your life and not finish it. I am the Lord, the Alpha and the Omega. If I begin something, I will end it. And you might be thinking that you're in a place where you're looking to the Lord. And the Lord is saying, that's right, keep your eyes on me. I will fulfill my promise to you. Amen. Just stretch your hands to her. Father, in the name of Jesus, we release grace over Nani this morning, Lord God. We declare, Lord God, that we stand with her, Lord God. And we declare that what God has started in her life, he is faithful to complete, Lord God. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that starting today, that there will be a turnaround, that there will be a change, Lord, and that her hope will be restored as she begins to take advantage of what's in her hand. In the mighty name of Jesus, to the glory of God, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For those of you who missed out, last, uh, last night we had a prophetic presbytery here, which is basically a fancy Christian word for 
uh, people sharing with them what they hear about what God is saying in your life. How many of you were here for a prophetic word yesterday? You know, it can be life-changing. It can be life-changing. I'll leave it at that, Justina. <laughs> Alright, so we're on the third week of our, of our series called Abundant Life in Christ. And for those of you who are here at the crossover service, our theme for this year is... Abundant life in Christ. Amen. Based on which scripture? John 10 verse 10. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. There's another version that said that you might have life and have the best kind of life. Amen. The best kind. This is the expectation that every human being has. Since the time that God created the world perfectly and the fall of man, there's been a yearning towards the best kind of life. And this is the life that Christ has brought us. Amen? And we started going through the book of Ephesians, speaking about how we are in Christ and the, the, the fullness of what Christ has already accomplished in our lives. And it is so important that you realize that you are living in two countries at the, at the same time. You have dual citizenship. And I'm not talking about South Africa and those who were born before 1985 or 1990. I'm talking about the fact that while in your natural man, you are residing in Namibia, in your spirit, you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. Do you understand? And the word of God says that this is so true that he makes us ambassadors in this world. That means that you are a citizen sent from another nation to be in this world and represent the government that sent you. That means that if you are touched... How many of you, sometimes you are so frustrated when you see that there is a criminal hiding in an embassy? He committed a crime in that same nation, but there is a spot in that nation that is sovereign land belonging to another nation. If you invade that compound, you have invaded that nation. And it will be an act of war. In the same way, In the same way, you are a special envoy sent from the kingdom of God, resident in this nation or whatever nation you are from, if you're here this morning. And you are there, sent by the kingdom of heaven with all the rights and protections of the kingdom of heaven. Is this clear? This needs to become a real revelation to you. Because for, for many of us, we've grown up in church to such, a, such an extent that the things that we hear, they pass over our head. These are spiritual realities that we discount. And most of the time, it's because we are more led by our five senses than by our spiritual senses. Do you understand? And this is one of the benefits of our fast. It makes you aware that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You begin to activate and act in the benefits and blessings that we already received in Christ. Is this clear? This is why sometimes you feel like uh, Christians are a walking contradiction. They say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. (laughs) And then you check out the bank account and there's not much there. But if you discern spiritually you will consider that this person is telling the whole truth. And that is why the apostle says that we even regarded Jesus according to the flesh. We saw him as a Jewish man, dusty feet. When Jesus was on the earth, he wasn't floating around. He wasn't glowing in the dark all the time. He was just a man like us. A hundred percent God, a hundred percent man. But Philippians says that he emptied himself of divinity. He did not consider equality with God to be anything to be grasped. But he emptied himself of divinity. Amen? And so Jesus represents the believer, the way that we would have lived. 
As a son of, and a child of God being sent into, into the earth for a specific purpose. Tell the person next to you, I'm here for a purpose. Don't look at me like that. I'm here for a purpose. Alright. And we, we understood from chapter 2 that God's purpose is to unveil a, a mystery that has been hidden for ages and generations that was being revealed only through the church. And this mystery was even unknown to the principalities, powers, angels, and spiritual authorities. And the only way that the whole universe begins to understand the fullness of who God is, is through the church. Do you understand? So you are being observed. You are being observed. This is what Hebrews says. We, we did the book of Hebrews a couple of months ago. It says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run with perseverance, the race marked before us, and let us set aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Do you understand? It says you have not come unto Mount Sinai that is burning with coals and fire and and thunders and threatenings. But you've come to Mount Zion. To the city of God. To an innumerable company of angels. You are being observed. Why do, why, some of you, you don't believe you are being, the word of God says you are the light of the world. How many of you know, if you switch on a light in a dark place, you will be observed. This is your life. Don't shy away from any place where you need to rise up and stand for the truth and stand for righteousness and speak for righteousness and speak for life and speak for the kingdom of God. That is your office. Amen. It says, it says that we have received a ministry. Tell someone next to you, I'm a minister. I'm a political minister. (laughs) Not of this kingdom though, but of the kingdom. I'm a minister of reconciliation. As if God was pleading through me. I administrate and I handle the resources and the graces of God. Do you understand? What we are trying to do is not to just give you laws and rules and live good and be a good citizen. We are trying to reveal to you who you are so that you may live your full purpose. Do you understand? There are some of us, our full purpose is to make money. That is a far cry. A far cry from what God created you for. Amen? Some of you, you think your full purpose is just to serve the interests of your husband. And praise God you are doing it well. (laughs) And you should. Or your interest is to fulfill the interests of your, your wife. Well done. The Apostle Paul even says that if you are married, don't think too much about ministry things, you know. Don't fast too long. Amen. And this is what the book of Ephesians is unveiling to us. You know, when you sit in church, it should be a revelation to you every Sunday. An unveiling of the beauty of Christ, but also of the beauty that you have found in Christ. Some of you, you think you are beautiful because of your outward appearance. Or handsome and attractive. And awesome (laughs) because of your outward appearance. And some of you, you think you are not awesome, not beautiful, not glorious because of your outward appearance. But I tell you, in in the presence of God, you shine like a precious stone. You shine like a precious stone. And the angels look at you like an enigma. Like a mystery. Hallelujah. Amen. This is God's children. They are not tattered and dirty there and he's wearing his wonderful royal robes over here. No. They are like him. They are born of his spirit. Give us the next slide. So, today we're going to go 
into chapter 4 and hopefully chapter 5. And we're dealing with spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity. Not natural maturity. Natural maturity can sometimes come just by you waiting. You will just age. Age and get old. Right? But spiritual maturity doesn't happen like that. You can be born again for 45 years. And be spiritually immature. And that is not God's plan. How many of you, you want your children to remain three-year-olds even though they are 35 years old? No, 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 no. Kick that young man out. Get your own job. Get your own wife. Get your own television. Amen? It is so important. And, and, and the reason why God is so interested in us maturing is not so that we can represent him well, like, okay, people won't talk badly about the church now because the Christians now have cleaned up, they've polished, they are acting good. No. It's because it is, it is the natural expectation. It is the expectation of the seed to fulfill its purpose. Do you understand? And so it is very important that you've got your eye on spiritual maturity. This is not just something that should be on the side. It should be your, your aim. It's to mature. It's to grow. Amen? And so this is very key. Give us the next slide. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 11. It says, when I was a child. This is the chapter that speaks about love. Right? Usually used at the weddings and things like that. Not for spiritual maturity. <laughs> Right? It says, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. How many of you have heard that saying, that to be a male, you just have to be born, but to become a man, you have to make a decision. Huh, ladies? You don't just want a male. A male beast. You want a man. Amen. Gentlemen. <laughs> you want a man. And it is God's purpose as well. Give us here the next slide. Galatians 4. Verse 1 to 7. I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to share so that we can get to Ephesians. But what Galatians says. is He's busy speaking to the church. About how when we were. Born again by grace alone. The things of God started taking place. And we took our position as mature sons of God. When we came into the gospel. But then when you want to go back into the law. Into trying to earn your salvation. Into trying to prove yourself before God. Then you are like a child in the kingdom. And it says that the child is no different from the servants. Though he be Lord and heir of the whole inheritance. So if you don't grow up spiritually, you will be wealthy on paper. You will be wealthy on paper. You will be spiritually rich. You'll, you'll have all the benefits and blessings that the word of God talks about concerning the children of God. But you will not experience it. And who of you? Wants to have money in the bank and never ever be able to use it. What a, what a tragedy. You want to have all the benefits fully employed in your life. Amen? Spiritually mature. Tell the person next to you, grow up, my brother. It is time. To grow up. Give us the next slide. Ephesians 4 verse 1 to 16. We're going to read. Itai, if you can put out the scriptures for us on, on there. The body complements the head. This is a huge, huge, huge idea spiritually. Because the book of Ephesians shows us that we have the same body as Jesus Christ spiritually speaking. So consider this, if the angels are looking at you, and you are the body of Christ, you complement the head. 
The only problem is that the body sometimes seems to not complement the head. And the body of Christ begins to look a bit freakish and weird. And God's plan is that the body will mature fully consistent with the head. Amen? So let us read together here. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Okay, so what he's, what he's starting to say there now is that the body of Christ is not divided. It's not in pieces. Right? Why? It's not so that we can just stand together and be ecumenical. And to be like doctrinally together. No. There is a substantial reality of the body of Christ being represented because the head is Jesus. The body needs to look like him. It's not just like, okay, let's choose one doctrine and even if it's wrong, let's all just rally around it and we have a pseudo uh, unity. No. The unity that God is talking about is a unity under the head. So everyone, not just the leadership has a responsibility to teach you to be united. No. Everyone, every believer, every disciple that has come into Christ needs to look at the head and say, I'm moving in to be like the body. Every single one. Because the, 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 the leaders can say, let's, let's mature and let's begin to grow up into Christ and become his body, his hands and his feet. But if someone stands out and says, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a toe, I'm over here. The body is still deformed. This is a work of the spirit to bring a revelation to the church so that we all begin to be united, not under leaders, but under Christ. Is that clear? This is why it says, so the previous verse, go previous verse. But to each of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned. Next verse. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. It's talking about when Jesus came out of the grave and his ascension, right? It speaks about how out of the grave, he brought the saints of old. He took with them the captives that were held, and then he gave gifts to men. Next verse. And what does he ascended mean except that he has descended to the lower earthly regions? Next one. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Next verse. So Christ himself gave the apostles. These are the gifts that he gave. Right? So he ascends and he gives these gifts. He gave the apostles, he gave the prophets, he gave the evangelists, he gave the pastors, and he gave the teachers, next verse, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. This equip here, go back. When it says there, to equip, it's not like this. Richard needs clothes, so I bring him clothes. He needs a phone, so I bring him a phone. He needs tissues for his journey, so I bring him tissues. It's not that kind of equipping. It is, it is to mature. Do you understand? Your child is born with everything that they need. Is that clear? The two eyes, the two mouth, uh, the one mouth, <laughs> the two ears. Don't laugh. <laughs> the one mouth, 
the two ears, the two arms. So, so he's born with everything. But he's immature. No. So you, when you are born again, you are born a full, complete package. But it doesn't mean that you are mature. And then, that baby with everything has to grow. There's nothing to be added. You just have to adjust the environment because obviously you can't give him the same nappy that he had for six months at, 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 at two years. That thing will be ripped apart <laughs> at night. And so it's very important that you realize that you've got everything that you need within you to become what God has called you to be. Tell the person next to you, you've got everything that you need within you to become what God has made you to be. Just grow up. That's the point. Right? So you've got everything. You're born again now. It's not enough just to be born again. I gave my heart to Christ. No. It is dysfunctional if you remain there. You have to grow. Amen. And that's why God gave the, the apostles, the teachers, the prophets, the, the, the pastors, and the evangelists to equip, to mature the saints so that they may get to the place where they can be ministers. So that they can represent as children of God, as, as, as envoys, the ones who are sent from the kingdom. So that if, if you come in a situation, you don't think, I, if Pastor Chris was here now. No. You'll say, I am here now. Do you understand? Some of you are thinking, mm. <laughs> that's why I'm here. To get that mm, out of your mind. So that we can begin to dislodge certain, certain power, power structures that the enemy has put in place. Okay, let's keep going. Until we all reach the unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, this knowledge here is not just knowledge which is scientific knowledge, it's revelation knowledge. Meaning, like, how many of you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead? You believe that if you don't believe that you are not born again, just by <laughs> you believe that. Were you there? Did you see it? Who told you? Who? Me, I told you. <laughs> Was I there? No. Did an eyewitness tell you? Maybe if you consider the Bible and all of that. But this is a revelation truth. How many of you know that uh, Jesus was born from a virgin? You believe it, you know it, as if you were there. Huh? Were you there? No. The, the star didn't appear to you. You were not invited. But, you have this conviction. You know it. This is the revelation. Now, this revelation is the one that you need to have concerning who Jesus is. In the knowledge, we come to the unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Oh, man. This is tremendous. Like that guy would say. <laughs> it's tremendous. It is important that we realize that the fullness of Christ is always God, been God's plan. Not just, I, I'm, I'm okay, you know, I read my Bible, I read your Bible, pray every day, pray every, and that's all your Christianity. No, your measure is at the level of Christ. Do you understand? God, God made you, when he gave birth to you, he put the spirit of his son into you. It wasn't just an inferior, mini, a small Holy Spirit that you received. You received the big one. The one, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead was placed in you. For what? It's a waste of electricity. It's a waste of energy, Lord. You could just have given me a small portion for what I'm doing. But God gave you the measure of his spirit that's given to you. Gives you an indication of what God expects to accomplish through you. Let me say that again, because somebody is sleeping, and the enemy is spoiling goods. <laughs> the measure of the spirit that is poured into you is an indication of the purpose of God that God will accomplish through you. You might look at yourself and despise yourself like Gideon. 
Say, I'm not from a big family. I don't come from a line of prophets. I don't come from a line of priests. I didn't do my B uh, theology. I didn't do this and that. It doesn't matter which spirit do you have. Is that clear? Some of you, this needs to be your meditation. Until you begin to roar in your bed when you are dreaming. And your wife is like, hey! (laughs) Because you are going into those truths. You are then the next slide. Then we will no longer be infants. God's plan is that you will no longer be an what is an infant? Yeah, under what? Under seven. Eh? No, it's under seven legally. Anyway, let's not have an argument here. Look at these people. <laughs> You're not supposed to argue with the guy with the mic. <laughs> Then we will no longer be infants. What happens with infants? Toss to uh, ask the person next to you, are you, are you an infant? And then tell them, let's see. Okay, this is an infant. Tossed back and forth by the waves and the blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and the craftiness of people. And, and false teachers and false prophets and all of that, in their deceitful scheming. If you mature, you see any kind of teaching coming through, it doesn't move you. <laughs> Help me, Elder Richard. 11 o'clock at night, I just picked up a new book. <laughs> we, I think we need to teach this thing at church. Richard is like, bro, (laughs) just calm down. You need to grow up. I'm telling you, warning from heaven. That saith the Lord. In the last days, the false teachers will increase. That even the elect, even the chosen ones, even believers will be drawn away. You need to mature. It's for your own good. Some of you think that we are here trying to teach you, grow up and come to church and all of that because we need your money. Because we need you to come and build this building for the Lord. No, 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 no. I mean, we could have as much met in this bush here, this bush, there, and taught these things. Spending nothing. Right? Because some of you, you want some wind in your hair. While you are being taught. <laughs> it needs to be soft here. While I'm being taught. Right? And so, this is why we, we create these environments. But the purpose of God is to get you to mature. Next one. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect. <laughs> in every respect. In every way. The mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. Next one. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Next one. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. How many of you, you know believers, they are living like unbelievers? Why? Their thoughts are futile. Why? Because they have not been in a place where they are being matured and taught by the gifts that God gave. Alright? They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. And it is so important that you grow in understanding, grow in revelation, grow in the word, and don't let your heart get hardened. And there are a couple of things that harden your heart. Pride. Sin. Those are things that easily come in, harden your heart. All of a sudden, you are your own Pope. You know better than God. Next one. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to 
sensuality. What is sensuality? Of the senses. Taste, touch, sight, smell. Everything is just... <laughs> Everything is of the senses. And they've given themselves... Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. This is where you begin to, to disrupt even your humanity. You begin to act like the beast. Not the beast from beauty and the beast. The animal. You might as well. And this is how the devil shames God because his children are disrobing their glory and acting like animals. What an insult to all of heaven. And the embarrassment to the one seated on the throne. And the angels just look and say, let's destroy them again. But God is patient, knowing what he put inside of you. And that spirit is supposed to bring you to glorification through the sanctification of the spirit. They, they give themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they are full of greed. Next one. Uh, next one. That however is not the way of life that you learned. That however is not the way of life that you learned. Tell the person next to you, you have to learn this way of life. It doesn't come naturally. Oh, I'll just be here like a, a pot plant and I'll become uh, everything that God has got. No, no, no. It happens in this body. Each part supplying to the other. When Mark is prophesying here, when so-and-so is leading worship, when so-and-so is giving a word of encouragement, when the ushers are there serving, when people are giving generously to the poor, all of that is beginning to show like a, a giant awakening from its slumber and becoming the full picture of what God has for the church. And the whole world looks in wonder and they fear. Amen? When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. Next verse. You were taught. Tell the person next to you, you were taught. Don't be unteachable. Don't be bullheaded. Don't be hard-headed. Be teachable. Okay? If you're a husband and wife. <laughs> never mind. Okay. With regards to your former way of life. We'll do a marriage seminar somewhere down there here. You can deal with it. You were taught with regards to your former, your previous way of life. To put off your old self. Which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And to be made new in the attitude of your mind. And to put on the new self created to be like God. In true righteousness and holiness. Who are you supposed to be like? Do you believe that? I mean, do you believe it? Do you act like it? <laughs> what you believe will Show. So get to it. Begin to persuade your heart. Amen. Therefore each of you must put off falsehood. Lying. And speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. One believer should not be lying to another believer. Especially in the, in the realm of uh, romantic relationships. Please. No lying. Don't lie to that girl. Don't lie to that young man. I don't know who this is for. In a relationship, be truthful. The elders have to pick up pieces because of lying. Amen. Sailor. In your anger, do not sin. Some of you are thinking, oh, I thought, don't be angry. Mm -mm. Because your anger has a similarity with God. God has wrath because he has love. If ever you have love, you will see you, have, you will have hate. Why will you have hate? You will hate the things that touch 
those you love. And this anger and hate is meant for the enemy. So that you are not passive and just be like, oh, so that you retaliate. Do you understand? Men, your anger is not meant for your family. Amen? Your love is meant for your family to the point when you see oppression and, and, and demons wanting to come in the door, that your anger rouses. Do you understand? Okay. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And here, it means that deal with the things of the day. Deal, 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 deal with the things of the day. And when it comes to people, resolve, forgive, deal with that. But when it comes to the enemy, don't let your anger go down. Do you understand me, church? Don't let your anger against the enemy go down. Don't let it. Do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who's been stealing, this is so practical. Yeah? This is the conduct of the ambassadors of the kingdom of God. If you've been stealing, you must steal, no? But what, what must you do? You must work. Doing something useful with your own hands. So that you may have something to Yes. Not so that you may have something to eat. That is for the normal guy who is not born again. He just think about eating, eating, eating. No. So that you may have something to share. That is how you are like God. Because God gives. He is on the blessing side. He's more blessed to give than to receive. We are like him. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. That it may benefit those who listen. Pick up your phone like this. I know most of you have it. We've just been updating your status. Hashtag ambassador. Right? It is important, church. This is not this is not a device for foul talk. This is not a device for unwholesome talk, for gossip. Tell the person next to you this device. It has censorship. By the kingdom of God. All things lovely. All things beautiful. All things encouraging. All things prosperous. Then look at that other person. You know them. <laughs> it is so important. We are the body of Christ, you know. And sometimes you see some things on social media. That make you think like, is this, is this. Is this wholesome? Is this God? How many of you, you know, there's no time out for being a Christian. I'm just quickly going to go in the flesh for 10 seconds. <laughs> and then come here and wash it. No. No. Just like you can't live your humanness. I can't say, I'm going to be a cat for now. And then come back to be a human, well dressed, going to the office. You can't. In the same way, there is no leaf. There is no leaf from your, your righteous place. Hey. Even when you are at home, when no one is watching, there is no leaf. Why? We are becoming the body of Christ. We are maturing into that. Amen? Last one. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. What does it mean to grieve? It means to sadden. Sadness is a personality trait. A electrical force cannot have sadness. Because some people believe the Holy Spirit is just the power, the force, the electrical force. No, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, is a person. And where does He dwell? He dwells in you. When you are posting those things, it is Him posting those things with you. When you are visiting that place, it is him visiting that place with you. When you are talking like that, it is him talking like that with you. That's why it grieves him. Why are you always taking us to these places? <laughs> Amen? Amen. 
It is so important. You don't live alone. Tell the the person next to you, you don't live alone. Even if you are a bachelor, you don't live alone. You share your house, you share your bed, you share everything with the Holy Spirit. Honor Him in it. Amen. We'll end here. But remember, church, next week we're going to talk about um, marriage. And it speaks about how marriage is a mystery reflecting this relationship and union between Christ and his bride. Between the Holy Spirit and you. Amen? And this morning, I really sense the Lord saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. You are my beloved. I will lay down everything for you and I have. There is nothing that I will withhold from you. Come to me. The Bible speaks about how when David committed adultery and killed his best friend. Committed adultery with his best friend's wife. And then... He brought her in and slaughtered the guy in battle. And the Bible says that God spoke to David and he says, David, I'm the one who took you from herding sheep and I make you a prince. I give you everything. I give you even multiple wives. I gave you gold and silver and honor. And if it wasn't enough, I would have given you more. What What got into your heart to be so contemptful towards me? This is what God said to David. And the Bible speaks about how David repented in his heart and said, Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me again the joy of your salvation. I'm the one after your own heart. I repent in sackcloth and ashes. And this morning, I really feel like there are some of us we need to... That's our prayer this morning. We've been contemptful in our hearts. I'm born again. But there's contempt in my heart towards God to say, Ah, when the Spirit of God is telling me to do something, I'm, ah, there's contempt. So I want to pray for you this morning. And I want to ask that you will humble yourself if that's you. And while everyone is seated, that you will just stand while we pray for you. I know there's more people. If that's you, come forward. Arabashire Santarabas Ayahi Uzoguala Usinte. Just begin to express your heart before God as you come for He will restore you right now. You want to be somebody who's after his heart, he's doing a work in your heart. And this morning you are coming to repent before him. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see every heart. You see every heart, Lord. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus. That the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to us, Lord God. And reveal to us, Lord. Your purpose that you have for us, Lord God. Your plan that you have for us, Lord God. And how we've been selling ourselves short, Lord God. And allowing lies and deceit to come into this wonderful intimate relationship that we have with you, Lord. And Father, this morning we want to repent of that. We say, Lord, we lay it aside. We say, Lord Jesus, take the wheel. Lord Jesus, take your place. Take the throne of my heart. Be be completely the Lord of my heart. I want to pray, Lord God, for those who are standing here for special visitations, Lord God. 
special visitations starting this week, Lord God. And they will once again begin to experience much more than they anticipated from their relationship with God. I pray even for those, they know they need to be here, Lord God, but they're sitting in their seat, Lord God. I know that you reach them there, Father. I pray that you open up their hearts, Lord God. That you bring a restoration, a deep restoration, Lord God. Open their eyes. And they might be able to see you for who you are, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, for newness to flood in. In the name of Jesus. For those who are here in front. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. If you are here this morning, you are not born again. You are not born again. And you want to give your heart to Jesus. You are here this morning. I want you to come forward as well. Is there anyone like that? And if you are here in front, you're not born again, you can stay. The rest of the guys can go. If you are here this morning, you want to give your heart to Jesus. You don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And you can sense the Holy Spirit is calling you to a relationship with Jesus. You need to make a decision to come to Christ. Amen. We've got a second service. So if that's you, come see us after the service. But I just want to pray for us this morning as we stand. Let's just all rise. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift up our hands to the Lord. Say, Jesus, I am yours. No one else can take your place. This morning I commit my heart once again. I belong to the kingdom of God. I commit to maturing as a believer. I commit to growing up as a believer. And I thank you that your Holy Spirit is going to lead me. He's going to teach me. He's going to guide me. Every step of the way. Give me a new hunger for your word. Give me a new desire for the things of the Spirit. Give me a new strength in my spirit, Lord. And I will choose today whom I will serve. With my body, with my soul, and with my spirit. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. May God bless you this week. May you have a wonderful, wonderful encounter with him. May he bless the work of your hands. May your children be healthy and blessed. In Jesus' name. Amen. For those of you who are here for the first time, please meet us at the welcome tea. If you need prayer or ministry, please come and see us here at the front. If you want to give your heart to the Lord,